So folks, right here, perfect example, Coastal, Mar Coastal Marsh Customs, right here. Here it is, perfect example. This is the type of work they do. Let's go, Brandon. This is our sign. This is what we got made by them. Uh, got some other stuff coming too as well, trying to get them a, a, to do me a defiant sign as well, where it just says defiant and kind of the same lettering and the same type uh, background uh, with a burnt wood look. You can go any wood, wood look you want. Uh, you can go mahogany. You can go with whatever wood you want. If you can think of the type of wood you want to see it on, you've got a picture of what you've got send it to him uh the guy is amazing coastal marsh customs at gmail.com send it use promo code defiant you're going to save up to 17 percent on your order this is all custom woodworking done right here in america sent directly to your door it is a veteran owned veteran operated company one of my favorite pieces right here just because it was a let's go brandon piece and i just thought it was hysterical and uh Vlin loves it too we gotta we're gonna put some lacquer on it to make it a little bit more def uh clear but i'm telling you right now this one's a, a killer we one of the things we we just saw him last night. We hung out with him at a Christmas party. One, one of the few great things I love about this company, we, I just love the way that they can, if you can think of it, they can do it. So again, reach out Coastal Marsh Customs, Inc., uh, Coastal Marsh Customs at gmail.com and use promo code Defiant. It's going to save you up to 17% on your order. And even VLAN's got some stuff coming too. She asked for some stuff last night. So I'm kind of looking forward to see what he does with the stuff that VLAN asked for because she's never easy to please. <laughs> so, and don't forget, let's go, Brandon. Yeah, let's go, Brandon. I know you're out there. I can feel you now. I know that you're afraid. You're afraid of us. You're afraid of change. I don't know the future. I didn't come here to tell you how this is going to end. I came here to tell you how it's going to begin. I'm going to hang up this phone, and then I'm going to show these people what you don't want them to see. I'm going to show them a world without you. A world without rules and controls, without borders or boundaries. A world where anything is possible. Where we go from there is a choice I leave to you. When peace like a river attendeth my way When sorrows like sea
to another edition of the Patriot Party Podcast. I am the Mick, and with me, of course, is my better, butter, beloved, better half. Lynn. Hello, Patriots. So uh, we, we're back today. We've got a special guest all the way from the 2nd Congressional District in Montana. Yes. Um, she is uh, running for Congress in the 2nd Congressional District of Montana, and she's running right now, from what I can tell, uh, unopposed on the Republican side. And uh, <clears throat> the current... Congress, uh, congressman from in this from the second district is, I guess, going to the state house. Yeah, which has got my eyebrows raised because um, you don't do that. You don't normally go backwards. It's like when career. we were talking about Trump going and becoming speaker of the house, and you're like, people, you don't you don't do that. You don't normally do that. Once you get up there, you just kind of hang out. At makes that level. makes you wonder what uh, Lori Bishop was into that she felt the need to bow out of Congress and. Completely, to the state house. but we'll we'll ask. We'll ask. We're gonna yeah. find out. So I I got to meet Miss Mary Todd in Dallas briefly. Um, we had a, a nice little conversation over the snacks that were provided in the media room. So um, yeah, and I invited her to come on the show. And uh, we have some friends in Montana, so hopefully they're listening to this and can spread the word about uh, Miss Mary running for Congress. Um, Absolutely. To, to represent them because Montana is red and it's going to stay red. Um, we, we need it to stay red. So, yeah, we, well, obviously. Yeah. We definitely need the votes <laughs> yeah. in the House because yeah. we got to pick up 25 seats in total. And uh, this would be one of them. Mm -hmm. uh, this would actually be one of the flip-flop. It would be outstanding. I, she's going up against, I believe, three other Democratic uh, candidates that have to primary uh, later on in June. Yeah. I think it's like 7 June. June. 2nd or 7th, something like that. I think it's the 7th of June, I think I read. And uh, either way, so uh, with no further ado, again, of course, uh, Miss uh, Mary Todd, we appreciate you being with us today. How are you doing, madam? Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. I'm doing very well. Do you mind if I make a few corrections? Please, no, you by go all right means, ahead, correct please. us because we, we, we get we, stuff wrong all the time. Okay, good. Um, I'm running in the first district. Oh, was it the I'm first? running against Ryan Zinke, who was the former Secretary of the Interior under Trump. And I'm running against Dr. Al. And the so that is in the first district. The second district is Matt Rosendale, who is incredible, and he is staying in that district. And I would love to work with him. Um, so he's running again in that. So that that'll clarify that. 
Excellent. So Ballotpedia had it all wrong. Yes, so they did. For all of you that go to Ballotpedia for your research on who's running for what, don't do that because um, just like most <laughs> of the internet, they are entirely incorrect. So thank you for that clarification. Yes, Mary, because really it, it, literally it. this is the this is the <laughs> opening line in Ballotpedia. Mary Todd, Republican Party is running for election to the U.S. House uh, to represent Montana's second congressional district. Yeah. Literally, that is the opening line. I'm reading it word for word off the screen. <laughs> so, so we have absolutely... No idea what we're talking about. <laughs> and the three people that they have, they have Jack Ballard, Penny Ronan, and Skylar Williams are all running as well for Montana's 2nd Congressional District. And they have you listed under the 2nd Congressional District. So you okay. might want to reach out to Ballotpedia and let them know, hey, you're all screwed you're up. You're wrong, yeah. You have no idea what's going on in Montana, <laughs> but much you know, like that most of the internet. Honestly, it could be deliberate. Yeah, it could be. I mean, uh, really, because you know that's all left-leaning, everything yep. is. Yep. And it would not surprise me if they deliberately made that kind of mistake because people in the second congressional district are going to expect Mary Todd to go out um, there if they're looking yep. at Ballotpedia and they, they get to the polling place and, and her name's not on their ballot. So that would not <laughs> surprise me. So um, yes, fantastic on that clarification. So, so since, I, know. since I've never met you until today, uh, go ahead and, and I know the rest of our listeners haven't met you till today. And I don't know where all of, uh, all of our listeners are all over the country and everywhere else uh, to include Montana. Uh, go ahead and, and tell us about yourself. Well, I I am married to Rick Todd for 44 years. I have four boys, uh, mother of four bo grown boys now. And we live, we've been in Montana. My husband brought me since 1977. His family's been here since the early 60s or late 50s. And I'm running for U.S. Congress. I've never run for office before, but I have a specific reason why I'm running and my passion to see this country be cleaned up from the deepest level. So where, uh, well, no, no. What, what is that specific reason? Yeah. Cause I was going to ask you anyway, what, what inspires you to run for Congress with no previous experience? So in 2012, my oldest son, uh, Shane, Truman Todd was a PhD in electrical engineering, working for a microelectronics company in Singapore. And he was working on what was called GAN technology, which is the next level of silicon. Yep. And it was technology that was illegal to transfer to enemy countries. And mm -hmm. his company was asking him to compromise US security by transferring this technology to China. And my son refused to go along with the illicit transfer of technology to China. He quit his job. He got a new job in the United States. And from that point on, he started telling us that his life was being threatened. He, um, on his last day of work, he was garroted and hung on a door. And we were told that he committed suicide. Oh my God. And this was when he was in Singapore. <clears throat> and so, my husband and I were the sole investigators into our son's death. And we found they had confiscated his computers, his, his diaries, everything, the police. But we found an external hard drive that told the whole story, everything our son had been through, the type of technology, the illegal transfer, the fact that his computer was accessed after his death. So I've written a book called, I'll show you a picture. <laughs> It's called Hard Drive, um, a family's fight against three countries. 
And what I've been involved with with my husband and our family um, since then has been to try to get our country to do an, a congressional investigation into the death of our son. But what we have realized is that our country is part of the cover-up. And it was in 2013 when we were in Washington, D.C., sitting in Congressman Wolf's office when he said to us, I know your son was murdered, you're doing the right thing, but you're not gonna get anywhere. And I was so shocked. And he said, Huawei, the Chinese telecommunications company that they wanted Shane to transfer this illegal technology to, owns the law firm on every corner in Washington, DC and has bought out several of our elected officials. And that's when I knew we had to fight. And we've been in this fight. I up to the highest level. Joe Biden was vice president at the time, and he was hand-delivered a 20-page document of all the proof of my son's murder, and it was shut down from the highest level. Hmm. And we need to clean up our country. This has been going on long enough. That was 2013. Think of what's happened since then. So 2013, uh, State, Wasn't that the same? State, State Department was Hillary Clinton. She was still yes. the uh, mm -hmm. State Department chief at the time. Secretary of the uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, she was. Uh, trust me, I know. Wasn't 2013 uh, the same time that you watched Hillary Clinton sell the hyperdrive to the Russians who in turn sold it to China? I didn't see it. Well, you've heard, you've, I've heard about you it. You knew yes. about it. But that's all speculation yeah. because there's no proof of it. Mm -hmm. But either way... Uh, I'm I'm just trying to figure out. Uh, wait a minute. So he was in Thailand uh, in Thailand at the time, Singapore or Singapore, Singapore. Sorry, Singapore at the time. And what company uh, can you say? What company he was working for? It, it's IME. It was a uh, um, the Institute of Microelectronics in Singapore, owned by the state of Singapore in conjunction with China. So they are all in cahoots together. What uh what just so people understand what IME or what type of technology we're talking about here, uh, obviously micro uh, microelectronics, which is something that, <clears throat> if I if my understanding of it is correct, uh, is something that can be very simply just injected into your arm. Um, it is of the nanoparticle cell type um, or size, if I understand it correctly. Is that accurate? Well, what my son thought he was working on was a technology for a, a little switch that would go into a cell phone. Mm -hmm. When he realized that the, um, the, it had the capacity to have military influences, he, then he was being asked to compromise with China, which he knew that would have been treasonous if he'd gone along with it. It is the type of technology much more advanced than silicon that can actually make airplanes disappear, radar jamming. Yep. Um, it has extreme military application. It, it, it uh, stealth capability, if I remember yes. correctly. Some of it has uh, is used in our current stealth capability that we apply to planes as part of the paint job that they get after they're built. Um, and that's why I was asking because it is the type of liquid uh, that can be injected. I mean, literally injected through a syringe into the body and uh, can manipulate. Uh, it can do a lot more than just that. I mean, I've done a little, I know a little bit about it, but I, so he was working for them at the time. And uh, according to this, uh, I guess the Singapore government, they stated that he committed suicide is I guess mm -hmm. what their, what their take on it is. Mm -hmm. 
was there any sign of a struggle, any sign of like the door kicked in? I mean, obviously you and your husband were over there. Was it a red Yeah, scarf? we flew over there immediately. My son had defensive wounds all over his body. He had, he was a rugby player. He had huge knots on his head, bruises all over his hands where they put the wire. They, they had his fingernails went down. But what's interesting is his girlfriend found him with a wire around his neck hung on a door, but they told us that he put a towel and a strap around his neck. Well, when they did the DNA testing, there was his DNA was not on the strap. Hmm. So Malaysian and Chinese DNA were on the strap. How do you commit suicide without putting your DNA on the strap? So that was our first, well, our first clue was the suicide notes that they gave us in the Singapore police station. And they were, hand, they were typed from his computer. And the minute I read the first paragraph, I knew my son didn't write those suicide notes. I'd homeschooled my children. I know what they write. And it was written from an Asian tone. We later had two linguistic experts substantiate that Shane couldn't have possibly written the notes mathematically. They do it from a mathematical standpoint, but not even that an American couldn't have written the notes. It was written from an Asian tone. So that was our first clue, but it was the hard drive that gave us the concrete evidence of the illegal relationship between IME, Shane's company and Huawei, the largest telecommunications company in the world. Now, with Huawei, uh, was there any, do you know if Huawei has any Costco subsidiary at all? Any what? Costco subsidiary, uh, Chinese ocean shipping company. Are they a subsidiary of Costco? Because Costco is one of the biggest companies in China that actually operates within China. They, they are huge. Um, and they are directly controlled. And I know this from personal experience. They are directly controlled by uh, the... Um, CCP? No, no. the Well, their secret police, the their intelligence agency. And that's why I was just wondering, cause they do a lot of, mm, let's say questionable stuff, stuff we would say here in the States is illegal, but over there it's, well, Lugano, Il Lugano, it doesn't really matter. Yeah. Um, but I, I just always wondered because I've, I've heard Huawei before and several other uses and normally they're associated with gigantic state sponsored companies. And I was just wondering if that was a company that they're situated with. There, well, I know that the CCP is situated with a, a lot of our companies, Nike, all the big companies that are going woke. And you wonder, oh, how do, who benefits when Black Lives Matters, critical race theory, telling children they can be girls, girls can be boys, boys can be girls, all this stuff. There's a, a divine design behind it. I didn't know about Costco. That's upsetting because I love going to Costco. No, no, no. It's not. It's not. It's not Costco. The store. Costco, the Chinese shipping company. It's China Ocean Shipping Company. Oh, okay. I don't know. Company. Yeah. That All I know is, is they've bought out several of our U.S. ports, the CCP. Yeah. So we don't own our parts ports anymore. They control it. I don't know if you know what the One Belt One Road is, but it's it's very serious. Most Americans have no clue. I don't know if you know that they have overtaken our universities our brightest minds, they are infiltrating and taking our technology, stealing our technology out of our universities, and then taking people like my son, brilliant engineer. I think he was set up from the beginning to go to Singapore and to do exactly what they had him do. And had he gone along with this treason, 
his life would have been owned by the Chinese Communist Party. And that's what's happened to several of our elected officials. Their it, lives are blackmail. owned it's by the Chinese. It's 100% yeah. blackmail. Yep. Yep. Um, and that's the, the oldest one, play in the book. And the, the one thing that they are scared to death of is people like you who mm -hmm. are, no, America first, um, and we're going to hold you accountable for what you've done. And, mm -hmm. uh, you know, I, I read your, your, I went on just before the show. I just wanted to see, uh, I was just, I didn't know much about Mary Todd. I was, uh, you brought it real, real quick. I'm actually, holy crap. I'm <laughs> trying to catch up now, but, um, literally I looked at your website and I was like, wow, that's, uh, uh, I mean, it was, you know, basic political website, but Folks, uh, there's there's a real story here. I mean, she has a real motivation to do. Now, if you get elected, how long do you plan to stay in the House? As long as I'm needed and as long as I am helping America. And, and the one thing I will say, as the congresswoman or congressman, it's a, it's a neutral term. Apparently. Um, I cannot be bought. And I will fight to clean up what has happened in our country I believe that there's people all over like me that are rising up to say no more. We need to take back our government. We need to make it a lot smaller and bring sovereignty back to the states with our second, you know, our amendment with the second article of our constitution. We need the states to have sovereignty. There's so many things to work on and so many things that I would like to do as a congressperson. So as a congressman or congresswoman, what would you do? Because here on this show, we do acknowledge that there is a difference between men and, and women. We do acknowledge mm -hmm. that they're not only sexual and asexual and everything else. There is mm -hmm. a difference. Mm -hmm. There is a natural difference between a man and a female. Yep. Um, as a, a congresswoman, what would you do? Uh, let's say if you get elected, what is on what is on your plate the first, I don't know what year that you're in you're in office? especially for Montana, because that's where the most important part of this is, is you, not only are you doing it for the American people, and I respect that. I respect the hell out of that because I, too, I, I served. I did 21 years in the military. Um, kind of what woke me up to this side of the world. Eh, not really. Actually, I've always, always kind of, my dad was always woke to this side of the world. But um, what would you do for the American people and for the people more of specifically your state of Montana? Well, I think I'm more of a national figure. Um, the, the reason I've never run before and now I'm running for this big office is because what I know um, about the corruption in our government. But what I would do for Montana is I would listen to constituents. I would fight for constituents. I know what it is to be shut down from the highest level. The Financial Times broke our story, and I thought our fight was over. They told all about the technology. They told all about the anomalies. They told about the, my son's murder. This was a seven-page spread in 2013. And to be not listened to by our government, I will listen to the people of Montana. I will fight to bring the sovereignty back to our state. We need to control what happens in our schools. I am... Well, your parents, I am extremely upset about what our children are being taught in school. We just passed a state law that there's no more critical race theory in our schools, but it's it hasn't stopped it because there's no oversight. So we need to bring oversight to what is happening in our schools, what our children, our most precious resources are being taught. And on, and on a, 
a bigger scale of just really telling our story and having people wake up to why all this is happening in our country. There is a hundred year plan for the CCP to take over the world. They are working hard and diligent to do that. And people need to wake up. Yes, most, most definitely. And, um, about the schools, you mentioned that you homeschooled all four, four of your boys. What what inspired you to homeschool before it was cool? Because we're homeschooling now, but we we pulled our younger son out of school over the mask mandate because we we don't we don't believe in masks. We think they're dangerous. They cause more respiratory illnesses than they prevent. They don't prevent any. Um, and uh, and so we're we're homeschooling our fourth grader, and and he's excelling. I mean, he's doing so well that he'll actually be in fifth grade. Well. He has COVID right now, but as soon as he's over it, um, next month, he should be in doing fifth grade work. And it's been fantastic. And I had mm -hmm. no idea how easy it was. Um, you know, that was the biggest thing. They're like, oh, well, homeschooling is so hard. You're not a teacher. What, how, how are you going to, how are you going to do that? You're going to, you know, it, it's going to be to your child's detriment rather than to their success. Um, so what inspired you to homeschool? 40 years so ago. So back in the day, years ago, it wasn't popular at all. And there weren't programs or anything. But what I did is I always volunteered in the kids' class. And I started seeing my kids being taught things that were absolutely opposed to what we believe biblically um, that we were teaching them. And so for Halloween, they wanted, they were teaching the kids how to adopt a spirit guide to take them and to talk to them. I took my child out of that day, but the day that I decided no more was the day that it was Thanksgiving and they asked the children, what is a sacrifice? And this little girl stood up and she threw her arms out and she said, it's when Jesus died on the cross for our sins. And the teacher said, no, sit down a sacrifice. And she told the story of a little Indian girl who threw her doll in the fire to sacrifice for her family. And it was that day I took all my kids out of school and homeschooled them. And then they went, eventually went to private Christian school for high school and then on to college. Well, and so that was it. Yeah. That, my, that would have done it for us too. <laughs> my mother is an educator and uh, she was an educator for 36, 37 years, something, something like that, something crazy like that. Anyway. Um, Minus that part, which my mother right now, she'd be saying, she probably is saying, uh, that woman is a saint because you homeschooled four boys and my mother had four boys. I am one of four. She's a saint too. <laughs> and let me tell you something. I was no easy child to deal with. No, it's a um, lot. <laughs> that part of it, that is a huge undertaking. I don't think people realize how tough it is to manage one, let alone two boys. Um, no kidding. Uh, but four, that is absolutely ridiculous. And uh, me and my brothers, we were nothing to, we're all Irish Catholics. So uh, we were always into no good. I mean, seriously, our, our teenager was homesick. Obviously, both kids have COVID right now, which they're going to be fine. They've, they'll, they'll they have, have plenty of hydroxychloroquine. Yeah, and... They've been on hydroxychloroquine. They're, they're on zinc and vitamin C and vitamin D, the whole, you know, yeah. Dr. Stella's protocol where we're pushing right through. But the first day that they were both home, um, my teenager saw that our, our younger one was wearing what he said was his favorite t-shirt, even though it doesn't fit him anymore. And he forcibly removed it from his little brother's body, um, with his little brother screaming and carrying on and kicking and crying. And I could not do that every day for years. I can't imagine four of them. They were wild too. They, I mean, I told you my one son, Shane, um, played rugby 
they were all wrestlers. He did ultimate fighting. He did all kinds of crazy stuff. They had a game called Brutal where they would just brutalize each other. And so what I would do every day is have a teacher's break in my downstairs in my room. And I'd say, unless there's blood, I'm, I need a half an hour to myself. And I, that was my favorite time of the whole day. That's what, I hope that included a large glass of wine. That was that, that, that came later on in the day. Yeah, that was my mom's my mom's thing. She said, look, if a bone's not broken and there's nobody yeah. bleeding, I don't want to hear about it for the next hour. <laughs> Shut up and leave me alone. Yeah. Yes, mom. Got it. Yeah. So, um, you became obviously now you're running. Uh, you are an America first candidate. You want to yes. put America first. Uh, mm -hmm. how are you bringing jobs back to Montana? What are you doing to ensure that Montana keeps a keeps the jobs they currently have, but how are you also trying to bring business back to Montana? I think the worst thing that's happened to Montana recently with this whole COVID debacle is giving government, um, incentive checks. We have such a shortage of people working here now because the government has given them money and people, businesses are shutting down. So I would stop this ridiculous government overreach and get people back to work and feeling good about themselves and having purpose to get up every morning and to participate. The other thing I would do is get, I really am talking people into running for office, running for school board, running for things to make this state the greatest state in the, in the United States and to not go the way of, I've raised our kids in California. I'm seeing what's happening in California. It's, it's a travesty. Now you, you said that, uh, we have a friend of ours and uh, she is running for uh, school board in, I'm not really sure. What was the name of her? Bozeman. Bo Bo Bozeman. Yeah. yeah right. I think she's in yeah. Bozeman. She's in Bozeman. She, or just outside of Bozeman. Uh, she's running for school board there. If you had right. advice, what would you give her? What would you tell her to do? Um, Anybody running for a local office, yeah, because local we really office. promote, you know, look, getting involved locally. We, we need to take our, starting with our small towns and our cities and our counties back before we can even think about taking the country back. Yeah. And I totally agree with you. If I didn't have this specific story that I think God will use for such a time as this, I've been positioned for this job. I think local elections are far more important because if we don't take our cities back and our schools back and our police departments back, it, everything that we do here, what's it all for? And it starts on the local level and so I'm very proud of your friend. If I were to talk to her, I would say fight hard for it. Educate yourself. Figure out, get good people around you that give great advice and go forward and get your friends involved. Shannon, I hope you're listening because that question was for you. Yes. Um, you also have on your website, uh, Protect Life. Uh, so that is uh, hugely important to me. As a Catholic, I believe in the right to life. I believe that abortion should be outlawed across the United States um, and uh, should not be used as contraceptives, period. Uh, I, I, that's just a personal belief, something we've carried on. Uh, my wife and I, we've had several conversations about it, and we both believe the same thing, thank God. Yep. Um, but, and it, it is extremely important important to me. I mean, I've done everything from volunteering with my local parish to ensure that a uh, 3D ultrasound machine was provided to local abortion clinic. A lot of people, when I say that, they look at me like I'm crazy. Why would you do that? I said, because 90% of the mothers that see the face of their child will not 
will not abort that child. If they see that picture, they will not abort their child. And uh, we've done that. Um, we've prayed. We've done everything you can do. You can think about doing uh, minus like locking, chaining the doors shut on the local abortion clinic. Uh, what 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 are you going to do in Montana to curb abortion? Well, first, let me tell you what I have done um, in the late 80s, 18, 18 1989. You're not that old, honey. <laughs> no, I know. Sometimes I feel like it. Um, Four kids will do that to you. One of the greatest things and how God set me up for a lot of other things is I ended up with a 30-day jail sentence because I prayed and sang and, um, and well, praised God and sang in front of an abortion clinic. We did block the doors, so people had to go past us as we're praying and singing and I got arrested and long story, 30 day jail sentence, but I ended up with an amazing, unbelievable story on for murder row. And it was such an incredible story. It launched my speaking career. It got me into all kinds of doors that opened. And I now have a platform to speak on life because I've put, I have skin in the game and I've held babies that we've actually saved from our efforts. It was called Operation Rescue back then. You two are too young to know about it, but that was what what our what it was called. And so now I work with our local um, Hope Pregnancy. I, you know, financially support them, but I also work with their staff. I do devotions. I have done devotions once a month to just encourage the staff to pray for the staff because they're the front line. I can't be the front line they are and so that's what i'm doing here in town so if i get elected or when i get elected i will push for people to get involved to financially to help moms that need it we provide diapers we provide clothes we provide counseling we provide cribs it's everything we can do to help a mom keep her baby or give it up for adoption i have a niece who adopted um four siblings and they were, when she had them at one point, they were all age three and under. The mom just popped out a baby every nine months. And my niece has adopted every single one of them. And I'm so proud of her. And I love those babies so much. Um, that's, that's amazing. That my, is... my aunt did something similar. She, uh, she, she had oh, 50 foster kids in her family over the course of 45 years and um and they were always boys somehow she always ended up with boys she uh, well her first her first girl she adopted a little girl and then um one of the boys had uh ms really bad and so mm -hmm. then she asked for other kids with ms because she'd learned how to take care of them so oh, she ended up fostering that. all these disabled children and i mean they're just amazing my cousin michael's fantastic um mm -hmm. and he's just moved out on his own and it's great. But then she, the first little girl she got, um, was a crack baby and yeah. they went in for the adoption and the lawyer said, this baby's mother just gave birth to another one. Do you want her too? And they said, yep. absolutely. And they took both babies, you know, and they, they, sight unseen for, for the newborn. Um, and it's just an incredible story, but I talk all the time about how we need to make adoption easier because, you know, they, they make it so difficult. And I think part of it's deliberate. They make it so difficult because either they're pushing abortion because they're, they, they like to kill our babies, right? They, they're looking for depopulation, um, or because they're feeding them into these foster care systems. And so many foster care homes are, are just, 
I mean, they just go straight into child trafficking. That's it. It is, it's, it's a railroad. It, they go into the foster, in, right in the front door of the foster care home and out the back door into, you know, some degenerate's arms. And it's, it's absolutely horrible. I think we need to make adoption easier and abortion harder so that more people can adopt babies because there's two and a half million people sitting on the waiting list waiting for a baby right now. And we have more abortions than that you know, every day. So it's, so it's insane. Don't let these stunning great looks, you know, fool you. I'm actually older than that. I have been dazzled. <laughs> and um, I'm actually older than that. And I do remember Operation Rescue. Yes. And even though I'm pregnant, we are in our 40s. Yes. It was quite a surprise. It was, oh, wow. I thought I was going through the change and turns out I'm pregnant. So, oh, thank oh, congratulations. you. So, <laughs> we're actually a lot older than we look. Yeah. Uh, we've been ridden hard and I guess we were put away dry, not wet. <laughs> But you anyway. <laughs> long story short, uh, with that, if you get elected or when you get elected, let me let me rephrase that. Let's just stop talking about if and when. Yeah, when. let's just make it um, when you get elected. You. What are you going to do in Congress to re you know reduce that time for the abortion? I mean, take a hard look at the abortion process and what's going on currently in this country with or not abortion. I'm sorry, adoption. adoption. The adoption process, because I'm sorry, that is a huge issue right now. I've talked to many a family that have gone through the adoption process and they told me the hurdles and the hoops they had to jump through. I mean, people are going to Russia, China, um, you name these other countries to adopt kids and with no guarantee, they're paying 30 to 50 yeah. grand out of pocket and flying over there. And, and there's no guarantee no they're going to get a child. But here in the United States, it's, it's a six to eight year process before you can even adopt a child. Yeah. So my niece that I told you about is also, her name's Christina Viegas. She's also the co-author of the book, my book, Hard Drive, A Family's Fight Against Three Countries. She's also... My son Shane, all of our kids, double cousin. Her dad is married to my sister, my husband's sister. She is a professor at a political science professor um, in the university in San Bernardino, but she is working tirelessly to make it easier to adopt. I would work closely with her. She's all she and I are partners in crime. She and I do everything together. We have an office together. She would be the, the driving force for me and she would be my advisor. And she's already, she writes op-eds on it. She's fighting for it. She knows from the deepest level how hard it is to adopt children. And I'm so proud of her. And so I'm the type that if I, if I need advice, I go to the smartest, best people to help me. This is, uh, folks, I know you've heard me say this before. This is the type of people we need in office. And the reason that we need these type of people in office is because of what she just said right there. She doesn't want to be the subject matter expert on everything. She wants to go find the subject matter expert and bring them into her office, her administration and say, Hey, look, this is what I need you to do. That's what we need. We need, we need politicians to stop being know-it-alls and start being, I know who can do it. That's mm -hmm. the people that we need in office. Just saying. Um, Second Amendment wise, you have the Second Amendment up there. Protect the Senate Second Amendment. Uh, I'm sure, as you know, we're in is, Georgia. Is Montana a constitutional carry state? Yes. And uh, we need And that. we have a very good governor, uh, Greg Gianforte. We need that across the United States. So I'm mm -hmm. going to guess that you're going to push for that across the United States. Reciprocal. Mm -hmm, definitely. With everything that's going on right now, like uh, we're seeing, like obviously in the Senate right now, they're pushing to uh, 
get rid of the filibuster. Um, they're trying to push all these uh, voter laws. They're trying to kill all these voting laws. I'm going to guess that there's going to be, uh, when you're elected, there's going to be some sort of rebuttal, especially on the House floor, because I got a feeling, I, I well, let's not, not say I got a feeling. I've got it. I know that we're going to win the House. I'm almost 100% positive we're going to win the Senate. Uh, we're going to have two houses together for the, the first time in a well, not too long because I guess we had them uh, not too long ago. But for the first time, we're going to have two houses working together. What is, if anything, uh, would you agree with punishing those, obviously or not punishing those, but going after, you know, repealing everything that we've already seen put into law concerning voting, especially voting, because obviously that is probably uh, pertinent the most important part going after um, this January 6th commission, which I, I'm sorry, this is a farce. This is a witch hunt. They've been looking to bury somebody for what happened on January 6th and they just can't get Trump. So they're just going after anybody. And finally, but, and the biggest, most important part, as far as I'm concerned, um, when it comes to voting in January 6th and everything that's taken place so far, uh, just so you're aware, we were present January 6th. We did not. So enter was the, I. We did not enter the Capitol. We were down by the statue uh, just outside the South Lawn, and we heard it all going on. And I, being a, more tactically and. More technical. I wanted tactician. to charge the steps, and Mix was like, "No, you need to stay here because something's going to come up behind us, and we're going to be in." Big I'm not trouble. worried about what's in yeah. front of us. What I'm worried about is what's coming behind us, because I know the DC police—they're not exactly the nicest group of folks. But long story short, with that, in in that in that context, on January 6th and what happened in 2020, what are we looking at? What are you looking at? I guess finding out what took place January 6th. Well, I was there as well with my husband, my children. I had two nephews there. We were there and it is a big farce and we knew it from the beginning. So this whole commission has got to be a real commission that really looks into what happened. I believe that I'm in a position that when I do win, we can get that, that gavel away from Nancy Pelosi and put somebody in charge that will get honest, good, actual researchers. We have to get the people out of jail that have been sitting there rotting and they're treating them like animals. It is, a, it is absolutely abhorrent what has taken place. And that, that Jeffrey Epps hasn't even been taken to trial and you have video after video of what he's done. So first of all, we've got to get our election integrity back without fair elections. We have no country. Um, second, we've got to fix this whole January 6th thing. They're trying to make it sound like it was, you know, the Holocaust or the civil war, or, I mean, yeah, they're well, liking tried. it with all this stuff. It's yeah. Just, the worst yeah. attack um, since the yeah. civil war. Yeah. It's a civil war. Mm -hmm. This is treason. Where's my Officer, I can't breathe. I can't even. And hey, man.
I'm Nick Searcy. On January 6, 2021, I went to Washington, D.C., along with multitudes of other Americans, because we believed that the election was stolen. I saw with my own eyes what happened that day. And what they show you on the media doesn't tell half the story. Here's the Capitol, and here's people going in there. They didn't show all of this out here. I saw people of all colors, races, creeds, Asian Americans for Trump, blacks for Trump. I even saw a guy wearing a shirt that said fags for Trump. And since I'm from California, I knew that guy. We're from Iowa. Nashville, Tennessee. And I'm here standing with my fellow patriots. We all standing for America. Despite what the media tells you, boots on ground definitely say something different. There is a sea of nothing but red, white, and blue patriots. These are damn working people right They want their country back. We're marching for the Constitution. We're not, it ain't really about Trump. It's about us now. They're, they're attacking us, and we're tired of it. We had a foreign attack, and they had domestic support. This is about individual liberty. We don't believe the media. We don't believe you. We don't, we'd have no faith in our institutions. The FBI is now being sent out by Joe Biden to punish people. We're at war. They're hunting down Trump supporters like dogs. Let me say that again, we're at war. 147 days since my wife was murdered and executed. The FBI, you have a federal search warrant for the property. Come out with your I step hands. out, I have red dots all over my chest. They broke the door down. Hands up, hands up, put your hands on the wall, hands up. I was in jail for four straight days. I, I kept banging on the door saying, I have never had a phone call. The sixth was all deception. The level of sophistication and tactic is immense. Oh, I recognize you from Portland. I've seen people from Portland here, Antifa. I was paid to pretend to protest. We need to come together as Americans again and remember why we started this country. An insurrection? Without arms? What are they talking about? And why are they lying? So with all of that, what you just said, and I'm, I'm happy to hear it. Trust me, that is that is news to my ears. I, I love to hear yeah, people. Because everyone, all six and a half million people, and there were six and a half million people, according to our friends in the Secret Service, all six and a half million people that were in D.C. on January 6th know that this whole commission is a complete farce. I mean, it's it's a witch hunt, 100 percent. They should be going after Nancy Pelosi instead of Donald Trump. I, I, I've got a ton of friends, and they sent me pictures from that day, and you can look at the streets that day you were there you don't even have to because you there. know uh you know how packed it was in there mm -hmm. around the uh uh the ellipse the ellipse before we marched and i remember it Velen remembers it we loved it we thought it was everybody's happy every everybody thousands was, of people praying and singing yes and, like a church service I was yes amazing. 
It was mm -hmm. amazing. It was completely amazing. I've never heard so many people say the Lord's Prayer in unison before in my entire life. I mean, there had to be 10,000 people saying the Lord's Prayer in unison. And, and then we walked down Constitution F, halfway down, about halfway once we got outside the Secret Service bubble, because I know because my cell phone all of a sudden got signal again, uh, almost immediately... Uh, I could feel a difference. There was a change, like things had changed, like something. I wasn't sure what I was just like, this isn't the same crowd that we were with not even more than 10 minutes ago when we were back up the road there. And as we got down closer to the Capitol, we realized, yeah, this is way different because we already heard the flashbangs. We saw the smoke, smoke grenades going off. And I was like, this is way different than what we were just at. And we were freezing cold that day. And uh, we were out there in sweatshirts. We had our emblem over yeah. there in the corner there that was on our sweatshirts and we were walking around and we were talking to people and uh we saw some questionable things happening so with that fixing obviously january 6th and 2020 because i've said all along that we have to be both near and farsighted we have to be both sides we have to look back at 2020 we cannot forget what happened in 2020 and we have to look ahead to 2022 and 2024 because we need to make sure that our elections stay the way they are how what is your no, feeling we don't want our elections to stay the way they are no i well i meant like we want them legal again we want them where yes. our vote counts how yes. do you feel about paper ballots well first of all voter id is extremely important and i know Tr president trump spoke about that in his speech the other night and paper ballots if we could go back to that i'd love to go back to hanging chad days but there's been so much corruption for years in our, our election, but this year takes the cake when all of a sudden at 11 o'clock, everything shuts down and, and ooh, all of a sudden the vote switches and the algorithms don't make sense. And Dominion machines, which by the way, the parts are made in China and, <laughs> and they are connected to the internet. Yep. All this stuff happened. If we don't fix that, you know, we we won't be able to take our country back. And without the filibuster, we, it, all of it's tied together to destroy our country and to bring Marxism and communism to our country. And so we need to fix it all and we need to be fighters. Well, you, you spoke before about the, the Chinese's uh, 100 year plan. And, mm -hmm. you know, we talk a lot about them playing the long game. When do you think they started on their 100-year plan? They're, they're 50 years into the 100-year plan. And so, and they're they're right on track with what they had planned to do. I, and when you consider most Americans don't take them into even, they don't even give them a thought. And they're the, you know, you meet, I think the Chinese people are wonderful, but you meet somebody and I have, through my son's trial, they did a three week completely sham of a trial where I had there were 10 top lawyers um, from Huawei, five from Huawei, five from IME to prove that my son committed suicide. And it went on for three weeks. They're so polite to your face and so evil. These people that are just lying constantly. And we saw it. We finally walked out of court because they wouldn't let us testify. We just had to listen over and over to all their testimony of how my son, you know, hung himself for three weeks. 
Uh, and I, the fact that our State Department didn't do anything for you is not a surprise. That infuriates me even more. That just, uh, uh, I can't even tell you how much, how angry that makes me. But well, wait, well I got to tell you this little one because do you remember Senator Baucus? He was the third most powerful senator in the United States, and he was from Montana. Do you guys remember him at all? Yeah. Yes. Okay. So he was very helpful. It was a nonpartisan issue. So, you know, we got help from, and he was probably more helpful than any other elected official wanted to go to Singapore with us. And then one day I got a call from his legislative assistant and she told me they couldn't do anything more for us. And I was so shocked, you know, I was like, what do you mean? There's so much more to be done. I had a list of things. And it was that afternoon that I heard that Senator Bacchus got, um, offered the ambassadorship and accepted it to china of course they paid him off wow a hundred percent they see he that, bought bought and paid for goes, we have been in three movie deals with the book hard drive of families fight against three countries and every one of them has been shut down have you china, talked, have you talked to CCP, mickey willis i was about to say have you talked to mickey willis i have not these were big big studios um the CCP owns Hollywood. Yeah. Well, Mickey Willis did Plandemic, and yeah. he did Plandemic 1 and 2, and he did uh, the Afghanistan one, which is uh, uh, um, Elephant, Op Operation, Operation White El Elephant. White Elephant. Yeah. And Mickey Willis is, uh, I guarantee, especially with that story, He'd which you interested. just told me, I guarantee Mickey Willis would be interested. Yeah. And I'd be happy to hook the two of you up. I would love that. Thank you so much. Because yeah. uh, that is uh, that's one heck of a story, and uh, I tell you what, I know he would take that and run with it. He did Plandemic on a whim, and he wasn't even planning on doing it. He was actually involved in another project at the time he did Plandemic, and uh, <clears throat> when he heard uh, Judy Mikovich's story, uh, that was it. He was like, "That's it. I'm I'm going to do this." He's like, "I don't know. Come hell or high water, I will find a way to do this." Yeah, and he did it. Well, I'm really grateful after we had 48 hours follow us for a full year telling our story and after that we had 11 studios hollywood mainstream studios after our story three of them which we went into contract with each one lives were threatened all kinds of things went on and they people backed out the one thing about me and i write it in the book and my husband we're not afraid it, we're not stupid but we're not going to be intimidated and they've tried believe me to intimidate us in so many ways and it's like okay if we don't fight who will and that's for all of us all americans need to fight right now yeah because we are quickly learning you know they always ask that question why did so many people just sit by and watch as they herded all these people onto the cattle cars in 1930s and 40s Germany. Well, we're mm -hmm. finding out why exactly now. Um, yep. th this this is why. Uh, you, you mentioned President Trump's speech the other day. Um, and I have to say, for the f first time in a long time, I was uh, actually pleased with his speech because I've been one of the ones screaming at the top of my lungs saying, how can he possibly support the vaccines? Is his ego getting in the way? Is he just not listening to people? Is he listening to the wrong people? Um, and yet in his speech over the weekend, I think on Saturday in Arizona, he did not mention the vaccines once. He touted the therapeutics that he'd previously pushed. Um, he spoke out against the mandates. Mm -hmm. And uh, and and again, for once, for, for the first time in, in quite some time, I was happy with his speech. 
Um, I think maybe he's finally gotten a clue. Where do you stand on the vaccine and the mandates and, um, you know, either or? I think that I would never get a vaccine personally. I think, you know, you talk about choice. Everybody says my body, my choice when it comes to abortion, but with the, the vaccines, they're not saying that. I, I personally think they're da very dangerous. I think if, if I get elected, I will push for the Nuremberg Code. People need to, you know, to force us to take a foreign substance in our body, which is not a vaccine, is it, it's illegal and it's unconstitutional and it is against the Nuremberg Code. Well, not that I'm upset with you, but you just made my wife's day because she has been <laughs> going on and on about the Nuremberg trials. And she's like, oh, we're going to have Nuremberg 2.0. I'm well, like, eh. they're going to have Nuremberg 2.0 in Europe, because as I was doing my research, I came to find out that although the United States supplied the military lawyers to try the Nuremberg trials, we didn't actually sign on to the final document. So the United States doesn't actually participate um, or follow along with the Nuremberg Code. We developed our own laws that we put into our our legislation. As a result our, of. Yeah, as a and result I, I of And I told Nuremberg. you that a long time ago. And, yeah, but I don't listen to you. I have I to do my own research. I know. So, <laughs> Which I, I love you for it. And by God, it's an, a good thing. That but, you trained me to, you literally trained me to do that. Exactly. To, not to listen to you and to do my own research. And, and it's, it's. So it's, it, I concerning it the mandates and everything that's going on with the mandates, what would be your push in Congress if, when you're elected? What What's going to be your push concerning mandates, concerning the vaccine, concerning Omicron, Percy I-8, and all the other? By then, it's who knows what we're going to have. We're going to have we're going to be up to ion and uh, past ion into uh, what's the other one? I, I think the new one's IHO. Uh, IHO. Yeah. I mean, the new variants. <laughs> what are what what is going to be your push for the U.S. concerning uh, COVID. My push would be personal choice and that the people choose what they want to do. I have a son who flies for American airlines. He was given a fire date of November 24th. If he didn't get the vaccine, he didn't do a religious exemption. He felt it was wrong. He sold his beautiful house on the lake here, Flathead Lake in Montana, because he didn't want to have to have an income to be dependent on his income. Thankfully, American, he's, he just got captain. He's still flying. That's his personal choice. What he did, he sacrificed a lot to not get that shot. God bless him. I think every American should choose for themselves with their own circumstances and not be mandated at all. And I think this whole mask mandate, shutting down churches, you know, keeping um, abortion clinics and, and tattoo parlors open and shutting down the one thing Americans needed more than anything, the church was so wrong. And I, and I, I'd be against any mandate. And, and okay, that, can I, can I find out when your son is, uh, is actually flying? Because I tell you, I'm terrified to get on a plane with someone who's vaccinated at, at the helm right now. Because yeah. my myocarditis, you should be because pilots are dropping. Yeah, we know. Oh, blood clots. we yeah. know. We trust That's me. That's literally we, why we didn't go to Phoenix. Like we don't have, uh, there's, there's so much stuff. Like, uh, one of the studies I just read, they, they're talking about the bends. And when I, when I yeah. read that, I'm, I'm a big diver. I'm a huge, I, Oh, when wow. I, when I was in the military, I was a master diver, did a bunch of stuff. Mm -hmm. Long story mm -hmm. short, uh, part of the diving thing we go through, and 
obviously, you know, the bends is part of diving. Yeah. If you get yeah. the bends, decom they, yep. they call it decompression. Uh, it is a decompression-based illness. And uh, when I heard pilots were getting the bends, I was like, oh, wait a minute, hold on. You don't get it at altitude. You get it where there's negative altitude. And uh, then I heard the pilots were getting it. And I was like, wait a minute. So now we have decompression sickness happening in the skies. And they basically, they boil decompression sickness down in the skies to myocarditis. And they said, oh, well, they had a heart problem anyway. I was like, and then I started going to review some of these folks' medical charts. And I was like, well, wait a minute. No, they didn't. They didn't have a heart problem. They had nothing wrong with their heart. They had no heart ab abnormalities at all. Um, and now you're trying to convince me that they had myocarditis. I was like, no, 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 no. So with that, I, I, Again, your other son, um, who is a pilot, God bless him too, because I am, like I said, like Vlin just said, we'd love to fly with him. Um, if I had my own private jet, I'd probably hire him and say, hey, if I was a millionaire, mm -hmm. I'd say, hey, here's your job. All you got to do is transport me here, there, and everywhere. Uh, but I don't, unfortunately. I'm not that rich. I wish <laughs> I was. Um, but that that is... I got to see Dr. Stella again in Dallas and got to thank her personally for saving my mom's life. There you go. That's I, a big one. I tell you what, Dr. Stella gives the best hugs. You know, she is she is a, a warrior of God. I mean, this this woman brings a, a spiritual axe to the battlefield. Um, and at the same time that she's fighting for you on the spiritual level, she's also fighting for you on the medical level. She's amazing. So if you... If you're feeling just a little down or you're, you haven't had COVID, you're afraid of getting COVID, um, it can be a very scary thing. Ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine really do work. I promise you, you are not going to grow a tail. Uh, Mick and I, <laughs> Mick and I both take hydroxychloroquine regularly as a prophylactic, even though, um, well, I think I've had COVID. I don't think Mick has, but uh, either way, we Still take hydroxychloroquine it. all the time. My mom, we gave her ivermectin when she got COVID and she was better in four days, four days. And Dr. Stella also has this awesome all-in-one vitamin, which can really help boost your immune system because it's really important not just to take over-the-counter prescription drugs, but in order to keep your immune system at its peak efficiency all the time so and you don't get yep. sick, you really need an excellent vitamin supplement. So Dr. Stella is the place to go. Go yeah. to drstellamd.com yep. and use, use the promo, promo code, code DEFIANT and that will save you up to 5% not only in your teledoc visit, but also because remember folks, this is a prescription. You are being mailed a prescription so you have to physically see a doctor first. So you're going to go there, you're going to get a teledoc visit. Your teledoc visit, once your teledoc visit's complete, they're going to, if you're sick immediately, they will overnight you. Uh, either I remember or hydroxychloroquine, whichever one you get. Or both. Or both. If you use promo code DEFIANT, that will save you up to 5%, not only in your teledoc visit, but also with the drugs as well. And they will send them, and trust me when I say that they're within 48 hours, because they were there within 48 hours. Yep. For my mother-in-law, they were there in 48 hours. And let me tell you something, I didn't have to hear about it anymore, about how she was going <laughs> to die. It literally lasted 72 hours about me hearing about how she was going to die when I knew for a fact. And natural immunity. When I knew for a fact she wasn't going to. So Dr. Stella, M-D, D-R-S-T-E-L-L-A dot or MD, 
com and again use promo code defiant save up to five percent on your order both on your teledoc visit and any order you make even if you get the vitamin or you get hcq ivm whichever you get get them both get them all and get them shipped to you and save five percent on your order like i said we are only bringing people that we believe in that are patriots people that we know that are not here to you know they're not pay triots they're patriots they're here promoting the same cause we're promoting they're trying to help the same things you're trying to help this is what we want to get to you this will help you recover from covid it will help you prevent covid uh as we're hearing now we've got news or stories after news stories coming out about especially hydroxychloroquine how it can be used as a prophylactic and even not for the flu correct not just covid even for the flu so, so as folks Mick likes go get to it say, better to have and not need than need and not have absolutely get it for your own ship box put it in your house somewhere just in case somebody gets sick boom you've got it family member gets sick you can ship them some here you go i got some drugs for you this will work trust me it will work just take it you will be amazed you'll even feel better if you're not sick you will even feel better after taking it trust me it's amazing so folks again doc, dr stella d-r-s-t-e-l-l-a dot md.com and use promo code defiant and you'll save up to 5%. Appreciate y'all listening. That is interesting that you have a whole family that it seems like your sons learned very well from their mother because they seem to all be standing up uh, from what I understand. I mean, you had your your oldest, uh, I'm guessing your oldest, who was in Singapore and God bless his soul and I hope he rests in peace. But he obviously stood up for what he believed in. You have your other son, who is an American Airlines pilot, who is apparently standing up. What are your other two kids doing? They're standing up and they're fighting for our country. I'm very proud of all my children. One of the things I'll encourage you guys with homeschool is you're the ones that put into your ch children's lives and their minds and their hearts. And our kids now are our best friends. They weren't when they were growing up. We were the parents and they were the kids. Keep that straight. Yes, we talk about That's that a lot. That's the way it's supposed to be. Yes. Yeah. We absolutely adore being with our kids. We are so proud of our children and I'm so proud. I, my son Chet, my third born son, I learn more politically from him than anything. I'll call him and say, explain this to me. And he's, he's on it. And then my son Dylan flies for, my youngest son flies for the Air Guard in uh here in montana and so they're they're patriots and just really proud of my kids outstanding i and no, i would I love say it. i'm really proud of my son shane i'm so proud i would rather have him in heaven having done the right thing and that's where i know he is i know i'll see him again than having done the wrong thing and being bought by the chinese communist party for the rest of his life and so as much as I miss him, as hard as it, it's the worst thing in the world to lose a kid, I am so grateful that he did the right thing. Absolutely, I I completely agree. And yes. wow, that is uh, that, that is really one heck of a story you have. And I I, I I'm dead serious about hooking you up with M Mickey. We Thank will you. we will put you in touch with him, and that is absolutely going to happen. So one of the last things you have on your website is preserve Montana. What exactly? Because I don't live in Montana. I know what you all have in Montana, but I, I, I don't personally live there. So tell me what preserve Montana means. I really think that we need to bring the care of our forests back to the state of Montana. Right now, it's a national thing. We have forest fires that bring the worst air quality all summer for months in the summer. It can go on for 30 days of just the worst air quality because 
we're not taking care of our forests. We have some you know, environmentalists that want to save the spotted owl instead of thinning out our forests. So when we have a fire, it just takes over and they won't even let us go in and, and stop it. And so that's a major problem. The Alaskan pipeline that our president, our, I hate to even say it, but Biden, you know, shut down where we, fracking is not a bad thing. People think it's bad for the environment. That's that's just simply not true. So I'd, I would fight for that. Um, just to bring the sovereignty back to our nation where we, or I mean, to our, our um, state, so we can decide what's best for us, not the bureaucrats that are running our country. And the other thing is, is Congress people are really not doing their job. We're supposed to be the one that, that, that run things that, that come up with laws and really we are being run by our bureaucrats, our huge companies, our media. It's all wrong. And I, I understand exactly what you're saying and I agree with you. Uh, as per your, your comment, I, don't get, don't get me wrong. I, I have a tough time saying president Biden as well. Um, that is a, <laughs> that is a rather large sticking point for me, but you, you brought up the fracking and I find that interesting because I, are they doing a lot of fracking in Montana? I mean, is that where, where that's happening or is that further North, like in Alaska it, coming it's down further towards north, us? But people have used that as an excuse to shut down Pipelines. Our oil production yes. in the United States, and therefore we're dependent on foreign countries. So, which is not a good thing to be. So, in Montana, do you guys have refineries, or what do you have in Montana that uh, the oil? I know the pipeline comes through Montana, or would have come That's, through Montana. Yeah. What What were you all going what to kind provide? of oil production yes. do you guys have there? So, just we just had the pipelines coming through Montana. We want to continue. We would like to continue what President Trump had going. So it just mainly Montana is forest land for, for um, logging and all that, that we need to continue so people can have jobs here. I agree. I couldn't, uh, I, I couldn't agree with you anymore on that. And I, that is important too, because it goes in, uh, it goes back to the other one I was talking about, which was your, uh, the uh, create jobs in Montana. Uh, mm -hmm. What about this infrastructure deal that was just passed um, as you know, Biden and uh, Joe Buttigieg were running around the, or Pete, Pete Buttigieg were running around the country just in the last couple of days. What is that going to do for Montana on your end? I mean, have you seen anything? I mean, I, I've seen a lot of money going into what they're considering infrastructure as being CRT, um, the educational cycle in the U.S. Uh, to include masks, which I saw some money going to masks, and I'm sitting there going, "Wait a minute, why? How is that infrastructure? How is that infrastructure that has nothing to do with infrastructure? Plus, uh, a little bit of Are that money." Are you talking about Build Back Better? Is that the one you're talking no, about? No, no, no. The infrastructure, the actual infrastructure deal that uh, 16 Republicans signed off on, um, and the 16 Republicans in the Senate that signed off on them. There's a list online. I don't remember them all off the top of my head, but they. There was 16 Republicans that signed off on it. And uh, of the 16 Republicans that signed off on it, they didn't read like page one of it because apparently they didn't see the money going to masks or going to uh, uh, what's going on now with FEMA because I've heard FEMA's hit the West Coast already. Uh, they've already started building camps in California for uh, giving the, the jab to people as well as Washington. Um, and it's supposed to, supposed to work east 
So now I'm, you're not too far away from the West Coast or the left coast or what I like to consider the new oceanfront property. Um, when that gets to Montana, what's going to happen? I mean, it's coming your way. You're got to be right up there next. You're in within the next like two states away. So I just wonder what's going to happen in Montana. I mean, I hope Montana is going to stop that. I believe our governor, Greg Gianforte, will stop it. He's done a very good job of stopping a lot of this stuff. He has stopped the mandates. Um, he is not doing the vaccine mandates. Um, he is not doing max mandates. He's he's lifted that. I, I don't believe, I think we have a very good infrastructure here to protect our state. I wanna continue that infrastructure and continue to protect the state of Montana and make it better. Because, the thing that I see is the reason they don't start this stuff on the East coast is because we bring in uh, a little over $1.3 trillion in the four major ports that are up and down the East coast where in the West coast, there's only three and uh, it, we have more major ports. So we bring in a little bit more money. So they don't want to cut off all their money. So they try to start all this stuff on the West coast and then bring it back to the East. And I always look to the Midwest and everybody out there just on the, just on the, the cut of the spear, you know, I always, I always say that you guys are the tip of the spear. We're not, we're the punks that just deal with it after it already made it through you, which means you guys are harder than us because you dealt with it longer. Um, I always look forward to seeing what happens because your states are the next ones to have to deal with this. And I haven't heard of any FEMA camps starting on the East coast. It's funny that they started on the West coast and that just drives me up an absolute wall because I'm like, wait a minute, you've got more liberal states on the East coast. They only have it in the Northeast, by the way, not in the Southeast. See, that's why. And the fight always ends up right around the Midwest and the further Midwest, i.e. Montana, um, uh, Colorado, those areas before that even makes it across the Mississippi. So I always wonder, I always judge what happens in Montana really is a replication of what's going to happen in Georgia, because if you all fight, we're going to fight twice as hard. We're mm -hmm. like this, we're like the third monkey trying to get in the ark. I mean, it's just, Hey, we're going to fight twice as hard to get on there, but, um, you're preserving Montana, the national parks in Montana, what what are you going to do for them? Because there's a lot of national parks in Montana. You guys have like, uh, I think the third, second largest, uh, you're the second largest states for national parks. Mm -hmm. Is that accurate? I th I'm not sure. I, I, I'm what, either second or third. I know you're under, I know everybody's under DC because DC has got the most, but they're also a national park in and out of themselves. That's what I call it at least. Um, but you guys have like tons of monuments. You've got tons of stuff there. And I know you also have a bunch of Indian tribes. How do the tribes feel about what's going on right now? You know, that's an area that I don't know a lot about yet. I'm still learning. I, I know we have beautiful national parks. I visit them. We live right near Glacier. That would be another area that I would get experts to tell me what, what do we need to do? How do we preserve what we have? I'm really proud of this, this, state of Montana and how they have preserved their parks. Obviously, we want to work with the Indian tribes to help them be independent and better and, and healthier and grow. And, you know, those, that's an area that I would get a lot of help from. Okay. So last, last question here, Miss Mary, um, there's been a lot of talk about a national divorce 
you know, and, mm -hmm. and this kind of plays into what Mick was talking about a moment ago, how they're starting things on the West coast and, and it, it slowly works over, you know, they, they divide the country up and they've done everything they can to divide us on a personal level, right? They've used race and religion and politics. Um, they, they do everything they can to make us fight each other so that we don't pay attention to, um, the fact that we should be fighting them. But, there's there's more and more talk every day about a national divorce, about us literally splitting the country into the blue states and the red states. Um, do you do you think that's feasible? Do you do you see that coming? Have you heard talk about that? Yeah, I've heard talk about that for a couple of years. I don't think it would be good for our country. I think we need to unite. You you know you think about after 9/11, we were all so united as a country, and I think we can bring it back. I think we're we're believing, many Americans are believing things that aren't true. And we're in a battle between those who hate America and those who love America. And if those who love America can over outweigh those, and I believe there's a lot more that love America than hate it. It's just the ones that hate it are in, in charge right now. I don't think it's going to last. I think people are rising up. We're going to fight for our country, no matter what your race is, no matter what your gender is, no matter what your preferences if we can just all be Americans and fight together against this evil that is trying to divide us, it, the best thing to do would be the United States of America together and fight for our country. Well, let's just say a national divorce does happen. Um, what do you think the best course, if, if it did? I'm just, we're spitballing here. We're not saying it's gonna happen, folks. Just relax, calm yourselves. We're just spitballing here. If it did happen, Montana, I would think, <clears throat> obviously would join most okay. of the southern red states uh, because mm -hmm. there's quite a few of us down here. Um, where where do you think the biggest problems are going to be? You know, because everybody jokes with me and they always say, you know, because everybody, everybody rem remembers the Patrick Swayze 1987 Red Dawn. And uh, they always tell me when I talk about the national divorce, he's, oh, you think there's going to be a bunch of Wolverines. I'm not saying that I'm saying that there's going to be a national divorce where we're going to literally say, look, if you want to be blue, go up there. If you want to be red, you come down here. And there's no more of this crossing lines and doing, we're going to raise our children. We're going to take care of our families the way we see best fit. You're going to raise your kids. You're going to, it's not that we hate each other. It's just, we cannot agree politically. Irreconcilable differences is the best way to put it. I think it's the worst legal term that's ever been uh, considered, period. Uh, but if it does happen, where does Montana land in that? Because you do kind of straddle both sides. You have a whole lot of red people, because I've been to Montana. I've Trust me, one of, one of my most favorite places to visit and hunt and fish um, and walk in the wilderness for hours on end after being told I had to do it without a choice. And then after I got there, I was like, yeah, it's not such a bad place after all. But at the same time that I've done that, I also asked the question, I, I know that Montana is not exactly 100% red, and I know they're not 100% blue, but I know there are a lot of Democrats that do live in Montana. Where does the, Montana fall in there? Well, it's hard to say because our Supreme Court in Montana is almost all blue, and that's what we need to change. We are slowly changing. We used to be much more blue our, the Republican Party has done very well uh, here. The main thing is, though, there's Republicans 
that say they're Republicans, but aren't fighting for our constitution and for the best for our state and our country. They're fighting for their own pockets, their own power. So that's where we can't be fooled in thinking that if you say you're a Republican, you're really a Republican or a conservative. So our state has a lot of cleaning up to do from the deepest level of, of corruption that has happened in the past. So, and I think the people are moving in here. We, we've had an influx of a lot of people moving in. That's why they're on this seat. This had, you know, we haven't had this seat for 30 years. There used to be two congressional seats, but not for th the last 30 years, but with this growth. And I think it is much more conservative. So I like to think that we could, we would join, <laughs> we would join the red team, but I don't know that just because of the structure of our state. Well, and, and that's a tough one to say because you're looking into a crystal ball that none of us have. Yeah, and, and we're uh, in the same situation in Georgia because they they say Georgia went blue. It it didn't. Um, mm -hmm. you, well, at least we the, believe it didn't. You have those little pockets of blue believe, yeah. in the cities, and then the rest of the state is red. And it's it's so hard to, you know, when when you let the what seems like they're the largest population, but they represent the smallest amount of us. You know, those those people in the cities that are just overwhelming the vote but they they don't speak for the rest of the state it's um it's it's a hard line to straddle there so yeah well so where can people find you miss mary if they want to support your campaign or or find out where you're going to be that. speaking so it's mary todd for the word for mt mary todd for mt.com is the website there's a video on there that would explain some of what we've been through and what i stand for and then you you can see um, our issues. And then my, I would love if anybody wants to email me, even if you've lost a child, I, I, I love to talk to parents who have gone through what we've gone through, which is the worst and just to support each other, but also to email me your thoughts about what you think has to, needs to take place in the state of Montana. I'd love to hear it. And that is Mary at Mary Todd for MT.com. And, and folks, go there. Uh, I think she'll. I, I think she's true about what she's saying here. Um, I, I granted we've only talked today, but uh, you know, after hearing everything I've heard, I, I can't really uh, speak more highly. I mean, if there was a if there was a person that needed to be a gold star mom, I would definitely recommend that you be a gold star mom because uh, because your son gave his life for our country, yeah. just as any of our soldiers did. Yep, Thank absolutely. You. I agree. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. So, also, people can hear our story. I um, I'll put my book up again. It's Hard Drive: A Family's Fight Against Three second. Countries. There it is. Awesome. Yep. And it tells the details. It it my we name names. My niece and I name names. And we should be fired or we should be um, taken to court, sued 10 times over for what I say in this book, but we weren't because we told, we told the truth. And it does read like a John Grisham novel. It's a fascinating read. I would, I would be so interested if it wasn't about me. Yeah, I'm, that is uh, we're definitely going to pick, be on my list. Yeah, I'm yeah. definitely going to have to pick that up. Yes. The first, last question real quick. I, I, I'm looking at your website. There's a picture here. There's a dog. Uh, looks like some younger Australian children. Australian Shepherd. Uh, looks like, actually, no, that looks more Blue Healer, honestly. It's, no, it's a, an Australian Shepherd. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Okay. Yeah. I yes. know my dogs. Is that, uh, <laughs> is that your grandkids? Those are my grandkids and my two other sons. Uh, and uh, 
daughter-in-law weren't in town that day. So they're not in the picture, but we have more family. Uh, but that's my third born son, Chet, and his wife, Corinne, and then my grandchildren, uh, Emma, Truman, and Charlie. All right. I, I'm just wondering, because I saw the picture right off the bat. That's you have an important a beautiful family. family, Miss Mary. Thank you. Family is and the most important thing. Our Gus is, our name, our Gus, dog's name is Gus, named after Lonesome Dove, the series. There you go. <laughs> Excellent. I like it. I like how the one ear's up and one ear's down. That's true fashion, <laughs> true to form of an Australian shepherd, too. Yeah. But uh, either way, we appreciate your time today. Thank and, you so uh, much. We are uh, looking forward to see seeing what happens in Montana. We hope hope to God we'll pray, and we hope that you you. you overall you went out overall, and that's just the way it goes. Yes, we're looking forward to uh, thank you. what thank you're you going to so do for our country in the future. So thank you, Miss Mary. We really appreciate your time, and um, we'll definitely bring you back on if yes. you if you if you Excellent. got time and you want to talk and you got something to say and you think that we can put it out. Yes, as we get please. closer to the primary, most give us definitely. a call. We will definitely put you back. I would on. love to at some point just talk on national security yes. and start telling people, I, you know, I, I do speak on national security to get all over just to give people an idea of what's going on. So thank you so much for having is, me. God bless you guys wheelhouse. and your children. Not a problem. We will, uh, we will definitely be happy to have you back on, ma'am. You have a great day and enjoy it. You as well. Thank, thank you. you. Bye-bye. And give me just a second. There All right, go. folks. So that was Mary Todd. And uh, that was uh, that was fantastic. That was actually a lot more than what I thought it was going to be. I'm actually and now uh, you're really looking forward to her to come back yeah, and talk about national security. Actually, I really am because I uh, talk about a woman who uh, has been put through the ringer. I mean, that's just uh, yeah, that is a heartbreaking story. Really is. And, uh, absolutely incredible. I had no idea. Like she doesn't like her website says nothing about that. No, I can tell you that right now. But you know what? I like that because she's not playing the pity card. No, she's not. She's definitely running on what her beliefs are. Yeah. And that's what our, our questions really circled around is what her beliefs were, um, what she thought about local governments, what she thought about what was best for the state of Montana. Uh, haven't been there as much as I have um, and enjoying a lot of the outdoors in Montana because if you've never been to Montana- folks, pretty much all to do. It's it just go is outside. beautiful. Yeah. Um, that I, I was really happy to hear what she had to say, especially when we started asking some more of the more difficult questions and guessing into the future about like the national divorce and stuff like that, because Montana does have even still being mostly a red state, they still have a very, very large population of Democrats that live there. Uh, I always wondered, you know, that was like one of those states. That's like what, what I call the terror, terror part states, unfortunately. Um, in the national divorce, if you look at it and you draw the line directly across the country, Montana's going to split right in half because a little bit more than half of their state in the north is going to split off blue and the rest down south is going to become red. It's one of those really just an odd. The opposite of California. Yeah. Uh, where Cal California would go all, you know, no, no the north will be red. Northern California. I, I don't know. I don't know if the north will move south and the south will move north. I don't know. It'd be weird. It'd be I, one day we probably should write a book about that because that would be weird to see how the states all turn out in that, uh, when the national divorce, if it happens, when it happens, what happens, um, that'd be something weird to see. I, I think that's appropriate title. What happens? Yeah. But, um, she's very, very to the point. I enjoy that. I, I like people who don't mince their words and, uh, it sounds like she's got, She's got, she 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 raised four boys and homeschooled them. That that woman's got some oh yeah she's, serious grit. She's got some grit. Yeah. 
either way, Mary Todd, uh, Mary Todd, and let me make sure I say this right. Mary Todd for MT.com. Go there. If you want to find out where she's speaking next, or if you want to meet her, if you want to talk to her, you want to volunteer and help her out. Or um, if, if you were just as we were blown away by her story and it, if, Something like that has happened to you. If you've lost a child, you heard her say, reach out to her. It doesn't matter if you live in Montana or not. You know, yeah. it's it's so important when you go through something like that. And there's nothing worse than the loss of a child. I, I mean, I can't think and I can't even imagine. I mean, we've we lost a baby before it was born, but I couldn't even imagine losing a living child. It doesn't matter how old they are. Yeah. That's gotta be the most difficult thing that you can go through. And when you go through something like that, you you need support. And the best support is from people who've been through that situation. So Miss Mary offered um, herself, if if someone's, if you guys have lost a child, you're going through a hard time with it, and you just need someone to talk to who's been through it, reach out to Mary, Mary at Mary Todd for Congress uh, for MT.com. Yep. And, uh, and, and she'll be happy to talk to you. And, and I really got to tell you, that's why the whole, the military started the gold star mothers program. Um, that's the, the gold star families. Uh, they're all families that lost service members, uh, downrange and, uh, never more has it been more important in our nation's history. So, uh, again, reach out, help out if you can. Uh, sounds like she's, she's got a great head on her shoulders and it sounds like she wants to fight for Montana. And I've got a lot of hope now. That's a, that's a, she's got a great story yeah. and, uh, you can see how far, you know, she went, how hard she fought. Um, and you can see where it's all, all going to go end out at, uh, either way we, uh, still have more to come and, uh, We'll be working all day, folks, yeah. but uh, we appreciate you listening and uh, we appreciate you coming out and listening, especially if you live in Montana. Um, you now know, you know, a good candidate um, and she is definitely an American first candidate. I would not argue that for a second. Uh, I believe what she said and everything she gave was a wholehearted answer. And uh, I've got, um, I think we got to talk one more time, but we'll, uh, we might have something here in the future. Yeah. Uh, I like I what she had to say, and I, I think she's got a she's got a good message. Yeah. So uh, either way, folks, remember, primary days are coming. We're in the start of the primary season. It's so important to vote in the primary because if you wait to vote in the big election, then you're just choosing between the lesser of two evils. If you want your candidate that's actually going to represent you and your beliefs and your state, your people— then you need to vote in the primary because that's, that's where you choose your candidate that's where in you, the primary. That's where you make the difference too. That is where you make the biggest difference. So uh, remember, we support America First candidates first, first and foremost. That's the most important thing to us is that they've got to be an America First candidate. Um, and uh, right there in Montana, I'd say you've got one. And uh, yeah, I, I put her at the top of my list. Bring it out for Miss Mary. Mary Absolutely. Todd for Montana. So either way, for Mick, and the VLIN. And we will uh, we'll be back. We'll talk to you later. Not going to take it. No, ma'am. Like, share, subscribe. <laughs>